Hey, y'all, and welcome to another edition of the Stripe Show podcast brought to you by Encore Golf. Encore designs high-performance golf balls for players of all skill levels and swing speeds. Get fitted for your perfect golf ball today at EncoreGolf.com. Well, I'm your host every Friday, Savannah Marks. Today, I'm coming at you from Macklemore Club um, up here in Rising Fawn, Georgia. It's an absolutely beautiful course um, up here on Lookout Mountain. I just got off the course, shot a smooth little 72, um, so we're feeling pretty good about the game right now, but we are back with another Happy Hour Express edition of the Stripe Show podcast. It's the fifth major It's the fifth major week, as they like to say, the Sanderson Farms, as they like to joke about on golf Twitter, but we've got some big news to run through so far this week, some pretty big headlines um, coming out earlier Wednesday and Thursday and this week. So first, I'll give you the snapshot of what you need to know before we get into uh, learning about our Corn Ferry Tour grad interview here in just a few minutes. But to catch you up on the week, um, Bryson is at the Prolonged Drive Association World Championship. Um, first round, he bombed a few like 412-ish, and now he's actually on to the round of 16. Um, but there are some guys that are bombing it, you know, 450, over 450. So not sure how he's going to finish up like, you know, later in the bracket, but not sure it's going to hold up the rest of the way to the, I guess you say, belting of the world champion uh, with long drive. But nevertheless, he's there and and he's killing it. And not only is he hitting it far, but he's hitting it straight. Um, Travis earlier this week uh, talked to Lucas Wald yesterday on Thursday all about strength and speed and how to hit it far. Um, and then on Wednesday, Froggy talked to the 2017 champion, Justin James, um, who was really explaining, which if you haven't listened, I would highly encourage it, who was really explaining how hard it is to hit that grid. Um, he said that, you know, it's a fit, imagine a, your high school football field, but then it's 400 yards away, right? So it's, it's a very narrow grid. Um, so people think that, you know, these long drivers just spray it and that's, that's simply not, not true. So Very interesting, very fun to watch. Um, It's live on a couple of YouTube channels, so be sure to keep an eye out for that uh, today on Friday and then coming up this weekend too. Well, we've got a few big caddy changes on the PGA Tour coming to light this week. Jim Bones Mackay has been an on-course reporter for NBC Sports for, I think it was four years, and now he's going to be going back to full-time caddying for Justin Thomas. Um, no idea really where that came from. Uh, clearly, I mean, caddy changes are are important. It's, it's important in the game of golf to get a, a new perspective, to uh, kind of have a reset, um, and the other person doing that this week is Bubba Watson and Ted Scott. Long time, long time relationship there. They've been together for 15 years. Says, you know, of course, they're still friends, um, but coming to the end of the road as far as caddy player relationship goes. So this is what I really wanted to get to today. I know we're all a little bit removed from the Ryder Cup. We talked about it for like two weeks straight. Totally get it. Um, I still miss it. But Shane Lowry speaking out this week, obviously, on Team Europe, saying that his match against Patrick Cantley was irritating. And here's a direct quote. Quote, yeah, Cantley pissed me off a little bit on the eighth, to be honest. I was lining up my putt and he was rallying up the crowd, which I didn't think was great. In Rome, we'll hopefully win and win in a different style. That's how I'm looking at it. So lots of controversy around that. But he also said that it wasn't just Patrick Cantley that he was annoyed with. He said that he wasn't happy with Bryson and JT after they were like laying their putters parallel to the hole as if to say like, you know, why didn't you give me that putt? I know we all remember and saw that. Um, And Lowry said, you know, he said, quote, I wasn't giving them anything because I was getting booed. (laughs) So, you know, 
interesting controversy there. You know, it, it, a lot of people were saying it just comes off as like, oh, you're just mad you lost and da da da. But I think the the whole audience uh, topic around the Ryder Cup is interesting. It's always going to be um, different, no matter which side of the pond you're on, side of the pond you're on, and people's perspectives of you know the crowds and and what they're doing. So I thought it was great. Obviously, I thought it was great because the USA won. Um, but other than that, I thought that that was a very interesting storyline as well. But this weekend, like I said, we have the Sanderson Farms, the Alfred Dunhill Links um, over across the pond and the ShopRite LPGA Classic. So another great weekend of golf upcoming. Um, I'm going to be playing some golf here this weekend. I'm super excited about it. But that's pretty much it for like the top stories need to know um, this week in golf. And as you know, we're getting to know the upcoming, I guess they're now on the PGA Tour players, the Corn Ferry Tour guys who secured their cards for this season on the PGA Tour over the next several weeks. Well, this week, we're getting to know number 10 of the graduates, Lee Hodges. I absolutely loved getting to know Lee. Uh, we caught up earlier this week, right before he was teeing off at the Sanderson Farms in his second PGA Tour event. So I loved getting to know him on and off the golf course, big football guy um, from Alabama. So lots of football passion there. But here is a little bit more about him. Check it out. Lee, thanks for joining us on the Stripe Show podcast. Where are you calling in from today? You look like you're at a clubhouse. Yeah, I'm at the Sanderson Farm Championship here in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. And how's the course looking so far? This is your, what, second event on the PGA Tour? Yeah, no, it's perfect. Yeah, the green, some of the best greens I've ever played on. Uh, and Tita Green, course, is just immaculate. So really looking forward to it. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. Obviously, the Ryder Cup having just ended last week. Did you watch any of it? What was your takeaway from Team USA's big victory? Yeah, no, I watched pretty much all of it. I was off last week, so uh, I was practicing, had it on my phone in the cart. So it was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it's awesome to see those guys playing so well. Um, and uh, I think it's gonna, just great for USA golf in the future. You know, we got our, had a really young team, and uh, to win that to win that big and with that young of a team, I think says a lot for the future. Is that one of your goals or your peers' goals? Is that something that's talked about just as much as it is with winning a PGA Tour event, or is it kind of a different scale? Yeah, I don't know about everybody, you know, but that's definitely, you know, a really big goal for me. You know, I've never junior golf, amateur golf. I never got to play for the United States of America. So uh, it just being able to wear the red, white and blue would be really cool. So uh, hopefully, hopefully one day I get to do that. Yeah, it's it's been it was an awesome to, to have Xander win uh, the Olympics as well. <laughs> big year for Team USA and USA Golf. How about the Olympics coming back into kind of the scope of things for golf? Was that an exciting thing for you to watch and, and also have a goal for? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I obviously had never seen that as nobody else really had, but uh, it was really cool. You know, um, you know, I feel like anytime you get to represent your country is just such a big deal and such a big honor for, uh, for anybody. So uh, yeah, it'd be definitely a big, big goal of mine. Uh, and it was really cool to see Xander do that. Yeah. It's been awesome to watch kind of the country events recently. It has definitely a different vibe than the president's cup, but you're 26. Let's get to the basics. You're from Alabama. I've been playing since you, since 2018 as a professional golfer on the forum tour, the corn Ferry tour clearly had a great season on the corn Ferry tour, graduated, got that PGA tour card and the 10th spot, but describe that feeling getting the card after working your ass off for so many years. Yeah. It's, it's hard to explain really. It was wild. Um, just, yeah, as you said, so much work went into it, and it was just such a euphoric feeling, you know, just kind of knowing that all, everything I'd been doing and everything I'd been, you know, working on pretty much my whole golf career was paying off. So it was it was good to see that, and uh, just kind of reassured me that what I was doing was right. 
And how was the past season in your own words? Cause we know it was long. It was way yeah. longer than normal, but we talked to a few other players and in other seasons, you maybe could have won once and then kind of coasted throughout the rest of the season, but that was not the case this year. Yeah, no, I, I've said it a couple of times. I think, you know, in, in, you know, five, 10 years time, I think this will definitely go down as probably the strongest class that there, that this corn fair ever had just because, as you said, you know, you couldn't just win and kind of get your card. You, you had to play well for a long time. You couldn't just, you know, flash in the pan kind of thing. Uh, you had to had to really play well for a long time. So uh, I think everybody that got their cards are a really, really good player and will be contending now and for a long time. And that's an interesting point because I was going to bring up the point of consistency because you had nine top tens over the course of the season. And obviously with the super long season, that consistency is important, but it's hard to do with – not really much of an off season in between. How were you able to garner that consistency on the course? Yeah, I, I think it's just kind of goes with my game. You know, I, have, I always have a pretty good game plan going into the week. Uh, I stick to it as best I can. And then, um, you know, I just try to I really pride myself on consistency. That's what I've always kind of done my whole whole career, amateur, junior golf, whatever, whatever it's been. Um, just, you know, really staying consistent with my ball striking and putting and just trying to shoot the best score I can every day. What was it like in your circle with, you know, your wife, your caddy, your coach, your family, everybody kind of rallying around you in that last event of the season. And then to finally have it pay off, tell us what those next couple of days were like. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it's, you know, you know, you all, everybody dreams about doing it, but you know, yeah, I don't know. You, you doesn't really sink in until it happens, you know? And so, yeah, it was it was a great you know night. We had so much fun that night, and then uh, yeah, the next couple of days I got to go home because I was off after that, and then uh, got to see all my friends and family at home, and that was obviously super special as well. But yeah, having my parents and my wife and my coach there was uh, it was a really special day and one that I'll uh, cherish for a long time. What do you think clicked differently for you this year? Obviously, I mean, you haven't been on tour or touring for three years, so it's not like you've been out there for 20 years. But what was different this year than maybe last year? I mean, I, attitude, really. Um, I just kind of just kind of knew I was good enough to play out there, you know. And the first, my first year, like, I kind of struggled with that a little bit, kind of thinking I had to do too much and, you know, not really being me and just kind of feeling like I had to do more than what I could do. And uh, last year, I just played my game and, you know, after the first couple of events, I had some really good finishes. I was like, well, that's all I got to do. You know, it's, it's my, my game's good enough. So I uh, just stuck to what I was doing and just kept playing a lot of really good golf. Which worked because you won the Portland Open. Is that correct? Yep. Tell me about that. How, how did the last round play out? What was it like? Give us a rundown. Yeah, it was, it's probably the hardest round I've ever played just because like the course was playing really hard. The wind was blowing. And obviously, you're, I was tied for the lead with one of my really good friends, Paul Barjon, and um, just just a hard hard day. You know, it's, it's it's hard to win. You know, it's it's the first time I've really been in like you know really good contention. Like pretty much, you know, felt like I should win it, it, to say. And um, it's just hard to, until you get it done, and then you're like it's such a relief and such a such a great feeling. But uh, yeah, it's just it's really hard to win out here. That's all I can say. And then it's but it's such a good feeling when you do it. And then looking ahead to the rest of the PGA Tour season, obviously we're just starting the 2021-2022 season, second event of the year. But how how do you personally set goals? I know everybody kind of does things differently, but what do your goals look like when you, you know, beginning of the season, sit around with your team and kind of figure out what we're going to strive for this year? 
yeah, so I do that with my coach. You know, he's been my coach since I was 11, so it's the only person I've ever worked with. And we just kind of sat down and said we wanted to, you know, be at the top of categories, ball striking, overall short game, stuff like that. And then uh, just other stuff, you know, like, you know, off the course, you know, I, I wanted to be in a little better shape. So I've really been trying to take care of my body more and, uh, you know, it's just stuff like that. So we sat around and made a list of goals. I think he's got it on his phone and he'll send it to me sometimes. And uh, it's really good to have that to look at. Let's talk a little bit about distance because the long drive championships going on this week. Is distance something that you are striving for, that you're seeing people around you striving for with the likes of Bryson and, and people like that kind of making their way into that space? Is that something that you and your coach are looking at? Uh, I mean, we're always trying to hit it further, but no, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to gain 30. I'm just trying to gain five, you know? So it's, uh, I, I'm not sure I have quite the build Bryson does. I'm, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but I'm not small, but I'm not the biggest guy in the world. So, you know, I, uh, I I'm going to have to beat him in other ways. So uh, I, uh, that's kind of what I focus on getting in the hole fastest. Well, speaking about the golf swing, Travis, as you know, is an instructor. So I do like to ask a few instructional questions as well. Yeah. Get the audience loves to talk about that stuff. So everybody kind of has their swing, you know, flaw or one thing that they kind of go back to. For me, I would get way too quick at the top back when I played okay. in college. But what is your, when your swing is off, what is it for you that you and your coach always have to kind of go back to and re refine? Yeah, for me, I just get too far left. I kind of like a little over the topish kind of move. And uh, if, if I can keep the club back and kind of hold it, you know, wait on it a little longer at the top, I don't know if it's quick, but it's just kind of, I get a little left, you know, my path will get too far left with a square to open club face. And I can hit these kind of pull cuts and stuff. So anytime I can feel draw, but it doesn't draw, if that makes sense, that's, that's when my, that's when my swing's really good. But when it's off, I just hit, I just miss it a little right sometimes. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, transitioning, I did some research and found out you're a huge football fan. Okay. Understandable because you went to Alabama, right? So Alabama's obviously got a pretty good team. My Arkansas Razorbacks are coming for y'all this year. So just okay. be one about huge. that. What do you say? My swing coach is a huge Razorback. Good, as he should be. We're really good this year for, like, no reason. But um, your cousin is an offensive lineman in the NFL. Tell me about that. He is, he is yeah. He, uh, play, his name's Logan Stenberg. He plays for the Detroit Lions. Um, yeah, he's a f unbelievable athlete. He's uh, my first cousin. And, um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, I remember gr we grew up together. Obviously, our, mom, our moms are sisters, and so we've spent a whole lot of time together. And uh, I just remember one day, all of a sudden, I looked at him and, we were the same size. Next day, he was like six five, three hundred. So uh, he got uh, he got the different side of jeans than I did. I read also that you want to own a golf course one day. Is golf course architecture kind of something that you are interested in, or something you always look at when you're out at these events? Yeah, I do. Um, again, my my coach is a huge golf course architect guy, and he's kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. He tries to when we're at courses, he tells me what the little different nuances of it are, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I could design a pretty good course. So I, uh, uh, I, I would love to do that one day. That's awesome. I don't know why, when I was a kid, I used to draw out holes that were like the basic, most basic holes of all time. They were not good at all. And I told myself I was going to have a golf course one day that was called ladybug links. Perfect. Like, that's something that a five-year-old would, but it's probably, I was probably five, but, um, I also read that you have a lot of superstitions too many to count is what it said quote unquote, give me maybe your top two on the golf course. Cause I've got some weird ones too. 
Well, I don't know why they put that on there. I really don't. I mean, I, I mean, like any other golfer, like they change week to week. If I, if I eat eggs for breakfast and I shoot 65, I'm probably going to eat eggs the next day, but you know, nothing like nothing that keeps going. You know, I use the same ball marker. I use a 1996 quarter cause that's the year my wife was born. And, um, that's pretty much the only thing I do from week to week. Uh, but you know, I'm just like any other golfer. If I, if, if I do something in the morning and I play well, I'm probably going to do it again. So just stuff like that. Yeah. That that's definitely not as extreme as they made it seem. On no, the they, they make it really extreme, but no, nothing, nothing that huge. I like it. I would never play uh, the number three sleeve because okay. I would look down and th- like, I don't know why my brain would like say that I was going to three putt every time, but oh, I, I can see that. Yeah. So I never played the threes. So my dad, he would always play the threes. Every single dozen, he would always, I would always give it to him. So it works pretty well. Um, Well, hey, we're doing this series, obviously talking to all the Corn Ferry Tour guys um, who are graduated now on the PGA Tour. So I guess I can stop calling you a Corn Ferry Tour guy. Um, We're going to do some quick rapid fire questions. These are kind of all over the board. Um, Whatever comes to your mind as quick as possible. Okay. Perfect. Biggest thing you're excited about this season on the PGA Tour. Uh, playing with the best, best tip for the weekend golfer. Don't three putt (laughs) top three players. You're most excited to play with on the PGA tour. Um, Tiger Woods, uh, Rory McIlroy, Harry Higgs. (laughs) What or who motivates you? Um, my wife and me you know that's a great answer three words to best describe you as a person off the golf course uh funny i think i'm funny uh supportive and caring three words to best describe your golf game uh consistent um not overpowering but finesse Okay. Do you have any passions that are not golf related? Uh, duck hunting. Okay. If you weren't a golfer, what would you be doing with your life? Oh, something in golf teaching maybe. And then your top three favorite courses you've ever played. Uh, uh, Bandon dunes, uh, Cypress point, um, Shoal Creek. Best advice you were ever told just be you and the last question your most memorable golf shot to this day uh, my first ever college tournament the last hole of it i made a double eagle did you win oh i think i finished like 12 <laughs> <laughs> but that's still pretty amazing what course is that at uh oh i don't know what it was called but it was in minnesota i don't know what the course was called though and you hold out three wood oh my god wow that has that ever happened again have you ever hold out with three wood again I- I had one hole in one, and I was just uh, with some of my friends. And uh... Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, 
control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest gold-rated Elixir and low-compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 